What would your life look like if you took action? If you didn't just talk about the things you want to do, but you actually did them. Today's guest, Brian Lubin, is going to talk to us about that right here on the Manlyhood Mancast. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast. And here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I want to show you something. This is a knife made by our friends at Haynes Knives. Uh, and it, he's doing amazing work. Haynes Knives, H-A-I-N-E-S, knives.com. And he made this knife just for us to be able to give away. It's called the Black Pearl. It's just gorgeous. And I want to be able to give it to you. So if you want to get it, you need to go to manlyhood.com slash contests. And you can enter to win. If you want to have some extra chances to win, uh, you can buy those extra chances. Just send me send me a buck. For every buck, you get an extra chance. But everybody that enters will have a chance to win. All right, guys. Make sure you check it out. Manlyhood.com slash contests. Now, today, we're going to learn how to become better men. We're going to learn how to harness the power of action in our life. Today's guest is Brian Lubin. He's a successful entrepreneur, real estate investor, and he's the host of the Action Academy, and he interviews millionaires and learns their secrets and then breaks them down for everybody. So he's going to share his journey of how he achieved financial freedom and lives the life he wants. So we're going to tune in and see what Brian's got to say. Brian, it's great to have you on the show today, man. How's it going for you? Josh, man, I'm blessed. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized. I wake up every single day. I'm like a freaking power plant, man. And that's before the coffee. And this is 24-7. Right now, you're catching me at the end of a workday and a lot of talking, a lot of podcasting. And I'm still going just as hard as I was when I woke up this morning because I'm living on point, on purpose. I'm living my passion, man. If you gave me $100 million today and say, what would I change? I would do the exact same thing that I'm doing right now, today, each and every day. So I am fantastic, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great as well. Uh, I don't know that I've got quite as much energy today as you do, but that's all right. It's all good. <laughs> it's 24-7, man. <laughs> I get you. I get you. My brain's always moving, but the rest of me slows down now that I'm, you know, in my mid-40s. So <laughs> Very fair. Very fair. I, I would tell you exactly how old I am, but I don't remember anymore. You stop counting after like 30 Just fog. It's Yeah, exactly. It's a blur. <laughs> <laughs> So Love you recently uh, packed up and, and moved across the country, huh? What's up with that? I did. Yeah. So um, it, that's actually a really cool question, and it's a really cool little pivot that I haven't talked about yet. But, um, yeah, so I have built one of my superpowers is I've built up what's called the action muscle, which, you know, I've got an entire brand. is my entire podcast. My brand is Action Academy. So, um I go on my gut really quickly now. I take really large levels of action immediately, and I don't have what's called analysis paralysis, where I sit and overanalyze and plan. So 
couple of life events happened to me um, simultaneously, which I don't know if you're religious, but, you know, it's a God thing. And, you know, it's okay if somebody isn't. But for me, I kind of, you know, try to download everything that happens to me and look at it and try to take lessons from it, right? Because life happens for us, not to us. And I think I believe in that no matter what. And so, um, you know, I just lived a pretty cool life. Last year, I traveled around the world full time, left my corporate job, um, lived in Greece for a month, lived in Europe for three, lived in South America, danced around in Brazil. And then I came home and unfortunately, a three year relationship ended where I thought I was going to marry the woman and I thought I was going to have some babies with her, but uh, it did not work out. And so all of a sudden, I found myself in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, with no relationship, an empty house, and friendships that are no longer serving me. And so I said, okay, this is what's called a transition point in life. And in life, you know, the go when the going gets tough, you know, you're going to get going. So I was like, all right, um, what now? Like, what is next? Because I cannot grow here. Um, this pond is too small for me to swim in anymore. I got to move to a bigger pond. And then out of nowhere, a friend texts me and he goes, you know what, man? He's like, can't wait to move to Austin, Texas. He's like, can't wait. He's like, you should move to Austin, Texas. And I was like, Cody, you are right. I should move to Austin, Texas. And so I packed up a car, drove 15 hours, um, literally the next week, uh, sold all my stuff and moved to Austin, Texas. So my life is basically a country song. So somebody call Morgan Wallen and tell him to start riding. Because <laughs> that's why I'm here, man. Very Austin. <laughs> Very Austin yeah. to me. Yeah, the whole thing, all the way back from the beginning, sounds like a country song. So, yeah, I just uh, need a dog dying or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, nobody wants that. I had that happen recently. It wasn't fun. You don't need that. Oh, sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> so the episode is a is a country song now because I've got that part covered. So, there we go. Um. So yeah. So now, where's was your uh, partner traveling with you when? Yes. Before. Okay. So. That's kind of a good crash course for determining whether or not this, that relationship would work. It's it like, is. hey, we just traveled across the world together and it's not going to work. So I know that sounds yeah. like a negative, but it's actually, dude, that's a positive because now you know not to, you know, like you could have been, that would have been a horrible thing to discover five, 10 years from now that it wasn't going to work. Yes. And then this podcast is all about being a man, right? And right. I think the ultimate definition of being a man is living, living, on your point and on your purpose, man, like you have your path, you have your purpose, you have your direction and you have to be clear and concise with what the heck you want out of life. And sometimes you'll have a partner, you know, that you think is on that path with you and you're not going in the same direction and that's okay. You can love them. You can be happy for all the time that you had with them. But then you have to move on. You have to find someone that aligns with your values and aligns with the direction of where you're heading towards. So the relationship is the most important investment that you can make. And I've made a lot of investments in life financially, monetarily, and the your, the partner next to you is going to be the most important, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. My, uh, my wife and I have been married uh, coming up on 25 years. And congratulations. Yeah. And, uh, we raised four kids and the last one just turned 18. So, you know, now we've got grandkids and the whole world changes, but I can't imagine, you know, that, that matters. You know what I mean? To have that as a foundation. And it's important to be on that same page because what happens is as you go through your life, man, your, your same page is going to flip a few times, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so you got to be able to, to roll with that. And if, when, 
when you're ready, you know, then, then it'll all come together. So, so Austin, Texas, what's the best part of Austin so far? Man, just the energy. Um, I've got a lot of people here that are mentors of mine that are um, in business and real estate and life. A lot of them where I was always on Zoom calls on them with them, always on uh, talking to them on the phone, texting them. And now I'm like here with them. I'm having lunch with them. I'm having dinner with them. And it's just so many people that are like me in the same kind of vibe. And they're entrepreneurs. They're building something. They're building a business. They're doing big things. And I just love being around that. So that's advice I normally give to people is you want to be in where the energy is. It's like you can be successful on the outskirts, but you really want to try as much as possible to be able to get right smack dab in the middle of where people are um, doing what you want to do. So you talk about that, you know, ha- having those mentors and being able to actually see them and have lunch with them. Do you find that uh, having people in your corner that can encourage you and, and challenge you, you know, do you find that that is helping you when it's in person versus over the phone and, and that distance? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's good either way. It's good either way, but I think it's more important, obviously to be in person always. You want to be, you want to be rubbing elbows. You want to be sitting with each other. Like that's where you're going to build a bond. Like you can have a great conversation over the phone. You and I can have a great podcast here, but if you're sitting next to somebody having a beer with them, like that's, that's where friendship's born. That's where the, the real meat and potatoes is, man. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, and, and especially if the people that you're hanging out with are people who their, their role in your life is to call you higher and to push you f- forward. That's, it makes a big difference. I think. Exactly. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about what you do, man. So I'm getting better at that. <laughs> I'm working on it. I've got, I've gone through a couple different variations of it. So I'll tell you what I used to say, and then I'll tell you, I'll tell you the more polished versions as I've kind of progressed through it. So um, the first thing I used to say was I left that cor- I left my corporate job in March of 2022. So I was in B2B sales enterprise level. I was getting groomed to be a vice president of sales. And I decided I want to do the whole financial freedom thing. So we can get into that a little bit later if you want to. We did the whole real estate thing, investing, all this good stuff. And um, yeah, so I quit. So uh, the first thing I said was, oh, I'm retired at 27. I'm retired. But then I realized I don't want to label myself as retired because I don't want to just lay on a beach. Like I want to work and continue to work on what, you know, what I want, when I want with who I want, but nonetheless, nonetheless work still and still like build things. And so, um, my real estate company, Sexton property group. So I own a real estate company and then now I've created the media company, uh, Sexton media group, and that's housing my podcast and it houses my mastermind community. Um, so my entire business model with what I do is I give everyone the information that they need that they could ever possibly need or want on entrepreneurship and business through the podcast for free that most people charge for. And then if they need help with execution, accountability, motivation, and um, access to like mentors, then that's when the community comes in and then they join the community. So we got about 120 members uh, going on about six weeks now, six weeks since I launched it. Um, so that's a six figure business going up to seven figures this year. Uh, the real estate's a six figure business. So that's what I'm doing right now. So I say that I own uh, real estate and a media company. So entrepreneur just generally. And then the podcast is baked into that five days a week while I travel. Right. Well, and I'll tell you what, I do a podcast two days a week and I know how much work that is. So every day, 
do it, to do it every day, man. That's a lot. Yep. Don't miss, man. I did it in Greece. I did it in Barcelona. I did it in Singapore. I did it in every time zone. I would come home um, sometimes from the the water in Barcelona, and sometimes I'd be drunk, man. And I'd say, whoa, 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 it's 3 a.m. in the morning. I got to get this podcast out. I forgot to make the podcast, and I'd, <laughs> I'd get a podcast out. I promise, man. It's consistent. <laughs> make it good either way. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the the difference for me with with this podcast is it started taking off when I got consistent and said, "This is what I'm going to put out: a minimum of two episodes every week." And before that, um, it was doing okay with one, or then it was doing okay with occasional, and then I would take a month off or I'd take two months off, and yeah, and it mm. would kind of figure out. So when you're consistent with it, man, I agree. Like that's that's where things have started to pick up for me, and and uh, and it's awesome. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about. Uh, how did how did you make the transition from working for the man and then being the man? Like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I like, I know a lot of my listeners. If I were to you know uh, survey them, and this is me not unscientifically observing them, not me surveying, but if I were to you know, I'm willing to bet that the numbers are probably similar. But I'm I'm going to think that probably the vast majority of our listeners are. Uh, you know, in their twenties and thirties, uh, some into their forties, they have uh, a day job, and when they need to make extra money, they're working overtime and they're not seeing their family. And you sure. know, they're right in the middle, the smack dab middle of the the middle class, maybe the lower end of the middle class, and uh, and they want, you know, the idea of being free to kind of do. <laughs> you know what they want to do is is completely out of the picture for them, at least in their mind. So, sure. so maybe your journey might help kind of give them some direction for how to make that happen. Well, see, what I did was I just started with a, just a loan for my parents for ten million dollars, and with a lot of hard work, I made it nine million dollars. So, that, I mean, be- it's just that easy, guys. No, of course not. Um, so, first, first and foremost, uh, this is what I talk about twenty-four-seven, every single day of the week. Uh, this is what I do. Um, so I'm glad you asked that. Uh, so first problem people have is they think all the time about what they don't want, what they don't want, what they don't want. They hate that job. I want to get out of this job. I hate this relationship. Uh, I hate my body. I want to get a better body. And all they think about is what they don't want. So what does that attract in life? More of what you don't want. Because nobody can even really answer what they want because they're so preoccupied with their present reality that they hate, right? So... I always tell people the first thing before you even start investing and before you buy the first piece of real estate, the wood and the dirt, I say, you got to create a vision. You got to sit still and create a vision for what the heck you want your life to look like in three years. And most people can't answer this. And if you can't, don't feel bad. It's just a muscle that needs to be trained. So it's going to be pretty crappy in the beginning when you create your vision, but you get better and better at it. So you have to view it like a giant block of marble, right? And you chisel chisel away at the marble over and over and over again until eventually you get like a statue and a sculpture. And then you can start fine-tuning the eyes and the nose and everything on the sculpture. And then that's when you get really granular. And that's where I am right now to where I can call my shot pretty confidently and I can make it kind of materialize out of thin air. And it's really fun. So there's a book called Vivid Vision by an author named Cameron Harold that I would recommend. And that's more of a business book, but you can apply it to real life. 
And so what you're going to do is you're going to write out what your life looks like, like your dream life looks like in three years. And you're going to write it in present tense, like you're experiencing it right now, like in present tense, like today. So for me, I was sitting in a cubicle and I was writing out, I am waking up and I'm overlooking the Greek islands. Like I'm walking out on my infinity pool. I can feel the Greek sun today, this morning. I don't have anything to do in the afternoon. I have a couple of calls with my business that I can do anywhere around the world, but this is what I do 24 seven later in the afternoon. We're going to go explore some new islands. Uh, I can do my business anywhere around the world. And this is when I was wearing my suit and my tie and I was sitting in my cubicle. And so I created this really detailed vision. It was about four pages. And then I created what's called a vision board. Now, guys, this is woo-woo, all right? But stick with me because I'm going to tell you, like, the tactics behind it. So created a vision board, and now I've got my vision written out, and now I start clipping pictures. I'm like, okay, what hotel would I want to stay at? This is the hotel. Like, what does this look like? What does that look like? And then I create a giant printed-out picture that I put in my office, and then I put it on the lock screen of my phone, and I have a new lock screen right now with my new goals right now. And I looked at it every single day. And 1.5 years later, I accomplished that three-year vision and I quit that job. And I checked into that very same hotel that I put on the vision board and did everything. So you guys can tell me I'm wrong all that you want, but I went to Mykonos and I checked in that hotel. So I did it. And then now I'm doing it again with my new company. So it's a lot of fun and it's an absolute cheat code. So that's step one. And I'll pause for a second, Josh, uh, for any thoughts, comments, or anything that you got or questions behind that, because this is, I think the most powerful cheat code that anybody can do because most people are just like this car that's driving down the interstate and they have no idea where the hell they're going. And so they're just driving. And then eventually what happens is if you keep mashing the gas, you're just going to red line or you're going to need maintenance and you're not, your car's going to break down before you even get to where you're going. Cause you don't even know where the hell you're going. So I'll get off my soapbox. Well, I think you're right, though. Like, without that vision, you're just guessing. and yeah, you're just winging it. And and if you don't like what you're getting, well, you're getting what you've always got because you're doing what you've always done. So, yep. you know, and like you said, like, I, it it does sound a little woo-woo, right? You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at that, I'm like, yeah, well, it's easier said than done. Easy for you to say. You it know, is it, is it though? Say, because it makes sense when you think about it from a GPS perspective. Like you, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, you wouldn't hop in your car and just be like, "Okay, I'm gonna head to Phoenix." Like you wouldn't just like start driving. You know, you put it in your GPS. Same thing happens. Same thing applies in life. Well, we do that now, but back in my day, <laughs> Pre- we actually- oh, dude, I did MapQuest. <laughs> we actually had to have you know uh, road maps and had to like. Uh, follow the road signs. So we used remember, to do that. Remember uh, MapQuest where you printed out 37 pages and stapled them together? Yeah, and it worked great until you got on the wrong turn and then you had no idea how to get back on again. Exactly. <laughs> so that's most people aren't even doing that. They're not even printing out the MapQuest or they don't even yeah. have a map. They're just driving and they're out yeah. of gas. And they've had, yeah. they needed an oil change 10 years ago <laughs> and they ain't getting one. Yeah. And, and, and it's not ever too early or too late to be thinking about this either. You know, no. you, can, you can make those kind of changes at any point in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. And then, so once you have, what, what happens is once you have a very clear idea of where you're going and also who you want to become, that's very important. It's like, 
who the heck do you want to become? What type of man do you want to become? Like, and all, yeah, rich, that doesn't really help that much. Like, you need more than that. And so for me, it was I wanted to have my time freedom. I wanted to have location freedom. I wanted to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And so I'm like, okay, who has the ability to do that? Who doesn't just have a Lamborghini? Like, who has that level of freedom to where in, like, two weeks' notice they can go, you know, fly out somewhere? And so I found a group where I was like, oh, these guys, like, I love these guys. And it was a mastermind group called Go Abundance that I'm now a member of, finally. Um, it took a while to get there. Um, and so these guys were doing it. And so they became my mentors. And because I had that clear vision of who I wanted to become and it was them, then I was attracted to them and they were attracted to me. And then the tactics are actually the easy part because, and I say that they're easy, they're not necessarily easy, but they're simple because they've been repeated millions of times. So how many people have created successful businesses in the history of the world? Like billions. How many people have invested in real estate and documented it and given you kind of the blueprint? Millions of people have made millions. There's a million ways to make a million dollars. But it's that it's just that one bit in the beginning where it's like A having the vision and B being dumb enough to believe in yourself to even try. Like that's the part that most people, ninety nine point nine percent, get stuffed right there. Yeah. Well, I know even in my own life, man, that's the, the part that holds me back. Cause I'm like, I can do this. I could do this. And then it gets hard. And then I'm like, I can't do this. Of course it gets hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. None of yeah. this is easy. Yeah, like if it was easy, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then nobody would care about it. Right. If it was easy and everyone was doing it, then nobody would care. So it's hard, but here's the thing. Here's a quote that I really like. Um, so Life is hard, but you get to choose your hard. So it's like marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Like uh, working to invest in real estate and to do the whole financial freedom thing is hard. It is. It's very hard. Um, working, you know, 60 hours, 70 hours a week in a thankless job that you hate until you're 65. And hopefully you'll be able to retire at that point when you have a bunch of arthritis and heart disease. That's hard. Right. So you get to choose your hard, though always in life. It's, you know, the heart of, do I want to eat the donut or do I want to eat the salad? Like there's hard decisions each and every day, but you get to choose. So I've chosen mine and it's worked out. Yeah. So what are some of the tactics you talk, you talk about the mindset. What are some of the tactics to get to where you want to be? Yeah. So the first thing that I tell people that it's basically a four step framework that I've kind of created for this that worked for me at least. And I've seen it pretty much apply for most people um, that I've seen do it the right way. Because when it comes to your job, uh, you don't want to just wing it and just dip, right? Like you can, but you don't really have anything to fall back on at that point. So when I was in my W2, first thing I did was create the vision, right? Step one, phase one. Step two is you got to build your financial foundation. So that, that's where all the unsexy stuff is. So that's where the re rental properties, um, stock market, uh, just saving money, all that type of stuff comes in. Just building what's called passive income. So I did it in the easiest way that I could do it. So you said that there's a lot of uh, people that are younger that are listening. So this may be applied to them. There's a concept called house hacking. So when you house hack, you could buy a, a, a piece of property, a, a house for 3% down owner occupant. 
and you can live in one part of the house and rent the other parts out. So what I did was I took 3% and it was like 270, $300,000. $300, I saved up like $25,000 over the course of a year. And I put that down on that house and I lived in one part and I rented the other parts out. And all of a sudden I'm living for free. I was like, Ooh, this is super fun. You could do that each and every year. So the second time it was very easy to save up $25,000 because now I don't pay for rent and I don't pay a mortgage because my tenants covering it. So that took me six months the next time. So I got that next house. And then now between those four units, um, that prints out $3,200 a month. So net. And so for me, I was just like, well, I don't pay rent. I don't pay a mortgage. My car's paid off in cash. I paid off my student loans. So basically it's just ancillary kind of variable expenses at this point. And so that basically covers me right there. Right. So that's not fun enough. Like that's not fun money though. That's just enough to cover your basic necessities, like your fixed expenses. So that's phase, that's step two. That's like phase one, the financial foundation. You can do this through getting rental properties, buying a laundromat, uh, car washes, cash flowing businesses, Investing in the stock market is good, but it's not really going to get you there fast. Mostly real estate is the easiest and best way to do this. Um, and I've seen it done like kind of a million different ways. So um, that's what I talk about on the podcast 24-7. So now that you have your fixed expenses covered, now you move into kind of like the fun money. So now you've got that covered. And now you're going to start investing all of your excess capital into um, masterminds, mentorships, coaching, stuff like that. Because now you have a little bit of disposable income. You're still in that job. You're still working the job. You haven't left yet. So now what that does is it builds a financial support. And now it builds a friendship support. Because now you've got not only the finances that are supporting your exit, but now you've got friendships that are doing the same thing. Because it's very difficult to do this by yourself when you have everybody else that's working with you telling you how much of an idiot you are for even trying. Right? So you got to be around people that are like, hey, you can do this. I'm doing this too. Like, let's do this together. And so you have to be in those rooms and sometimes you have to pay in those rooms more often than to pay, pay to be in those rooms more often than not. So that's what I started investing in, uh, paying like $500, $5,000 here and there for a coach, for mindset, for all this stuff. And then after that, you're going to start building businesses and start doing more advanced level investing with the people that you just partnered with. So now you've got the friendships, you've got the foundation. Now you start doing sexy stuff because you've earned the right to do it. And so that's when you start creating your businesses. That's when you start partnering together and doing bigger deals and stuff like that. And then at that point, like you're off to the races, like you've more than doubled what you're already making your job. And then now you can completely leave that job and do your own thing. So that's what I did with my podcast. I couldn't have ever forecasted that I was going to create an entire business off of my podcast. But when I started my podcast last October, well, not last October, but October, 2021, um, I didn't think that was ever going to make me money and I had no intention of it, but it ended up printing out $127,000 last year through affiliate commission. And I did not expect that. And so I said, see ya to that job. And that's what allowed me to go travel around the world. So there we go. Yeah, that's awesome. There's the tactics. Yeah, that makes good sense. And I imagine that different variations of it kind of depending on how it aligns with your vision and your, you know, I mean, if, if your vision is a little different then your what it is that you're looking at is going to 
look a little different, but that makes, I think it makes good sense. Well, all you have to really think about, it's just simple math, really. Mm -hmm. Um, because a, the lower your expenses are that you need, um, to live, the easier it is to leave the job because you can cover those easier. For me, I needed $20,000 a month is kind of what I wanted. That was my goal to leave and I hit it. But if you're, if you only need, and that was with the podcast, the podcast is printing out between that, the real estate and the business, I was printing out about honestly $50,000 a month. And I was like, holy crap, like what's going on here? Cause I had a good paying job. Um, but if you only need $4,000, $3,000 a month, like you can get out faster. And there's a bunch of different real estate strategies that allow for that. You can flip houses, you can wholesale houses, you can do apartments, you can do Airbnb. Like one Airbnb can very easily print you out $3,000. Like doing one wholesale deal in real estate could print you out maybe $15,000, dollars with one deal. But I don't want to get too, in, too into the real estate investing. I know this isn't a real estate investing podcast. No. It's just about to talk about, and it's my zone of genius. It's actually an easier way if you start what's called an agency business and you find a way to provide a service to somebody that will get you out even freaking faster because that's even better. So an example of this is I pay a guy to manage my YouTube and he makes TikToks for me. And this guy charges $2,000 a month. So if he has five of me, which I'm assuming he has more than five of me, that's $10,000 a month that he makes TikToks for out of my content. So you know, go figure out what you're interested in and try to build a pat, try to build income around that. And that's what's called passionate income. And that's what my podcast is. And that's what I think the end result should be is getting paid to do what you enjoy doing, but you have to earn the right to do that after doing the unsexy stuff. Right. Yeah. You've got to build the foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's uh, good stuff to be thinking about, man. And I know it's going to help. Like it's helping me as I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, I can see some pathway there and I can see. Well, I mean, you, know, you want to run through it, man. Like, so what do you want? Well, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too, man. Like I want to, um, what I, what I'd love to do is I would love to be able to, to do this full time to help men be better men. You know, that's, that's really my passion. So, you know, at the moment I'm working, uh, you know, a marketing job. And I love that. I'm pretty good at it. I'm good at graphic design. I'm good at, you know, writing. I'm good at, at uh, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, that's that's what I want to do, you know, with my, my life is I'd like to be able to have that freedom to, you know, to do this on my schedule, you know. Have you thought about running events for the pod? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have run some and didn't get a whole big response out of it. So it kind of, you know, I, I don't know where to, how to, I don't know how to scale it up from just having enough guys to kind of break even when we do an event. So, you know, I, I want to, so that's where we're headed. Yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely something to consider because it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, and then obviously just like living beneath your means, but that's all, you know, pretty basic finance, right? So you're just like, okay, I make this much, I'm going to save this much. And then that allows your freedom because it doesn't matter if you make $400,000 a year or 40,000. It's like, if it's all about the savings percentage. So I live off of a 50% savings rate 24 seven, no matter what level I'm at. And then if I want to have a bigger, more exciting life, then I need to make more. Yeah. And so that's what I do in business. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're that way too. Like we, we live pretty simple and we're happy with that. You know, we don't yeah. need don't need a fancy cars and don't need a. <laughs> oh, know. dude, 
that I've got a whole concept about that. If you want to talk about that, that's huge. Because pe- well, I mean, just about the, what you just said, like you don't need a big fancy house. You don't need big fancy cars. So people think, you know, um, they're like, Oh, I want to be rich. I want to have nice house, nice house, nice car. I want to go wear the fancy suit, fancy watches and all that stuff. But I've actually found that, you know, cause I'm around multimillionaires 24 seven. That's my entire like brand and who I talk to. And, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm here in Austin to hang out with them. Uh, they don't really do that. Like they don't really care about any of that stuff. Um, it's the material stuff. So there's this concept called money dials that I really like. And money dials is basically you take all your different expenditures and you put them in different buckets. Right. And then you've got maybe like travel, food, um, car, house, clothes, fun, golf, whatever have you that you spend money on. And then so you you take an inventory of all these different buckets that you're spending money at. And then you pick like the two or three buckets that really, really freaking fire you up. Like what buckets really do you enjoy spending money on? And for me, that's food and travel and hotels. I want to stay in a nice hotel. I want to stay in a nice Airbnb. I want to have really nice dinners. I love having like really like local healthy meals. I love that. So I'm going to spend a bunch of money on that. So because I spend a bunch of money on those, I ruthlessly cut out on every other bucket. So I feel like that's a cheat code to life is being like, okay, instead of unnecessarily just spending money wildly, like let me spend my money where I really freaking fulfills me and then just ignore all the rest of the stuff. So like, I don't need a huge house. I don't need a fancy car. I don't need a Rolex. Most of my stuff is most of my clothes are from Gap or, you know, thrift store. And, but I will spend thousands of dollars on Airbnbs because I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That makes me think of, you know, you look at Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and their clothing. I mean, they, you know, he wore a black turtleneck and the other guy wears a, you know, a a grimy looking t-shirt, you know, that's, that's their uniform. (laughs) Well, they do that to prevent decision fatigue. That's why they do that. Because when you wake up, yeah, when you wake up, you've got like this mental, that's another thing we can talk about. I'm sorry. I keep going down these rabbit holes. Reel me in if you want to. Rabbit holes, rabbit holes are fun, man. Yeah. So decision fatigue is um, everyone thinks that they have like this infinite amount of inspiration and ability to control themselves each and every day. That's not true. Um, so that's why when you have like really tough things that you need to do in your day, you need to do the hard stuff early in the morning. Like first thing, because that's when you have the most motivation, the most energy, because you haven't made that many decisions. So the more decisions that you make throughout the day, the more fatigued you become. So if you can eliminate as many decisions as possible, um, like these guys, a big thing that they do, these billionaires, they eat the same meal every day. They have the same breakfast every day. They have the same lunch every day. They wear the same clothes every day because they don't have to think about it. Everything's automated so that they can put all of their mind space on what's very, very important and revenue producing for them. So uh, whenever people wake up and go into all this chaos and everything, like that's why they can't get anything done because they're robbing themselves in the most important part of the day where they can actually get the most stuff done. So like for me, I always try to do the, my most difficult time intensive tasks that I do not want to do in the very beginning of the day. Cause at the end, um, it comes increasingly more difficult. Yeah. Well, and I found in my life, a lot of times that thing that you think is the hard, difficult thing that's going to take you forever. And then you sit down and you do it and it's like, Oh, that was it's easier. It was 15 yeah. minutes. Like, why was yeah. I putting that off anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's been true for me too. 
Yeah, I th- that was that way today with me at work. I had this project that I kept putting off, kept putting off, kept putting off. I'm like, I don't want to do this. It could take me forever. And yeah, it was like, why did I hesitate? Don't even get it. Dude, all my money goes towards convenience now. All of my money goes towards convenience because like that's what you can that's what you earn, right? Is like you get to a point where now it's like like I said, you're not buying the Rolex, but I will say like I'll buy the Instacart so that groceries are delivered to me. You know, I'll do anything that I can to make sure that I'm not like inconvenienced. Like I'm going to buy the direct flight. I don't need the flight that has the 30 legs on it, you know, where it's going all these different locations. Like I just want the one that's going from point A to point B. And that's why all these billionaires fly private. It's not really to flex. Um, It's because their time is so valuable that they need to be there really, really fast. And I've got a couple of buddies down here in Austin with private planes, so they can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Just kind of eliminating the things that that suck up your time because your time is money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little more about what you do and what you love about what you do. So the actual, like what I do is my day to day is podcasting. So a podcast 24 seven. Um, and then to circle back to what I said before about vision and who you want to become. Um, I look at a lot of wealthy people in my life and I watch them and I, I try to take notes. I'm like, okay, who's, who's got a life that I want. And the one person that keeps popping up, well, two people keep popping up and that's Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss. And those two dudes, I don't care about their money at all. People talk about their money. They don't care about their money. I like their life because they can do what they want when they want with who they want. And their entire business is built around talking and meeting interesting people. And so I love that. And so that's my entire, that's what I want is I want to build my podcast to that level to where a I'm inspiring and being able to impact millions and millions and millions of people each and every day. And B like, I just get to talk to the coolest freaking people 24 seven. It's like today, this is my third conversation, my third podcast, and I get to meet you. And I didn't meet you before. So now this is a relationship that I now have because of the podcast that I didn't have before. That's freaking awesome. And if you do that each and every day, each and every week, that compounds on itself. And all of a sudden you pick your head up, you know, a year after podcasting five days a week, and you've got a crap ton of friendships because you go pretty deep on a podcast, you know, because I don't know about you, but uh, some of my friendships back home in Atlanta, we didn't really know much about each other, even though we were friends for about 10 years. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, man, did you see that? Did you see Josh Allen in the football game last night? Yeah, dude was on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't get deep when, unless you make it get deep. That's the – my offline relationships, I'm the kind of guy that – I mean, the I have people that are like that, right? You know, but I have I, – I work really hard to have a group of people that I – that we ask each other the hard questions and we challenge each other. Because I, when I That's didn't huge. do that – the kind of person that I was, was not a good person. You know what I mean? Like you need somebody that can call you out when, when you're co-signing your own BS, you know, if, if yeah, you don't have someone huge. To look you in the eyes and say, you're being a jerk, you're just going to be a jerk, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that was my relationship, you know, like I had friends that were like, Hey dude, like she does not want kids. She does not want to get married. She does not want to get married again because she was divorced. So I was, I was dating someone that had already previously been in a marriage. They're like, what are you doing? You want to get married. You want kids. 
Like, I know it's a great relationship and you guys don't fight or anything, but, you know, you have to have the same end goal. And I was like, ah, you know what? You're right. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good friends. The ones that can call you out. Exactly. Um, And, and a good friend will call you out and also back you up too. You know, like, Hey, you did a great job today. Like sometimes you need that too. You know, (laughs) that one's, that one's rare. I try to be (laughs) that guy. But, you know, if any any of you guys listen, and you know that one's rare, but uh, we'll be quick to roast. But it's almost – but also, if somebody's a little too nice, I don't trust them as much, man. I'm like, what's, right, what, right. what's, what's up with you? Like, you got to have you, the balance. You got to have the balance. Yeah. I'm like, why have you made fun of me this week? This is weird, man. You're too nice. <laughs> like, that's, we need some grit. <laughs> that's a guy thing, too. Like, we love busting each other's balls. Like, that's – like, like when my best buddies get together, like – 90%, maybe half of our conversations making fun of each other, you know? Yeah. It's I hated fun, that man. in middle school. I didn't, I didn't like that in middle school, but now I get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It comes full circle always. Yeah. It's awesome. So, uh, I like to ask all my guests a few questions, man. And, uh, we're about that part of the conversation where we get to do that. The, the first one I like to ask Brian is what does it take to be a man? I think what it takes to be a man to, kind of put a pin in everything that we've been talking about today and just land the plane. I think what it means to be a man is a clarity and presence. So when I think of the man that I want to be like a full encompassed man to where I want to have my own children here soon. I want to have the wife. I want to settle down. I want, I want that because I didn't have that growing up and I want to be that for the future generations of, of Lubins in the, in the future. So clarity and presence, clarity to know who the hell you are and what you stand for and what you will put up with and what you won't put up with where you're going and what your standards are. So I think that the definition of being a man is being all of that. Cause if you think back to, men in your life that you respected and looked up to that's that fits the bill pretty well they're not normally too scattered they're pretty resolute with their standards and then presence um to not be too caught up in the future not too caught up in the past but really just live in the moment like i want to be throwing the ball with my son in the future um and just be there right Uh, like i want to be taking my daughter to ballet and just be there like that day and not be thinking about 10 years in the future, or 10 years in the past. Uh, I think that's really powerful because I'm going to be just like present because I never had that. Yeah. So you, that wasn't your experience growing up? Not at all. No, my dad was an absent father. Mm. I haven't talked to him about 10 years. Mm. Did you have other men in your life that were father figures or did it take you a while to find that? No. No, it took me, it took me until I was an adult to find that. Yeah, I didn't have that. It was just my mom. She had to be both. Yeah, was it? I and I if I and I if I'm getting too personal, you have to forgive me. There's no, it, there is no too personal. That's I good. A podcast that's good. Full because I, I I know that you know my experience was so different. I had a, a great dad, and you know, and he it's huge. And I had good father figures along with him too. You know what I mean? Uncles, you know, and and people that were like uncles to me. But I look at uh, somebody in your position and. Uh, first of all, it kind of breaks my heart because you deserved a good dad and I'm sorry you didn't get one. But second of all, um, I, I wonder about this a lot because there's that 
that line where you have to become a man. Mm-hmm. And usually someone initiates you in some way. I will, I will say I, I, I misspoke my papa, my grandfather. He, he was, he was a huge role model. Um, now yeah. that I'm thinking about, it, he just wasn't like we were in Atlanta. He was up in Tennessee, so we didn't get to see him all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, he's the one that taught me to shave and everything and kind of like, but it, there's, there's a bunch of weird stuff, right. That, that, that even to this day, my friends had that I didn't have. So mm-hmm. things that you don't think about, like, sports for me started later. So when my parents got divorced and when I was 13, seventh grade, we moved schools and I went from one middle school to another middle school. And then I just started playing every sport because I was like, I got to catch up to all these kids that have been playing little league and they've been throwing the ball with their dad. They or you know, here's how you throw a spiral. Here's how you throw a baseball. Here's how you shoot a gun. You know, like I never had that. So it was just my mom doing the best that she could. And so I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, now I got to figure all this out. I got to learn all this so that I could fit in here. And so it took a bit, but I figured it out. I was decent. I was a decent athlete. It wasn't anything ever crazy, but I did enough to blend in, right? But mm-hmm. I really came into my own when I went to college. And then I started really getting into it. And then um, corporate America thing, I thought that was what I wanted to be. I thought I was going to wear a suit and a tie and sell stuff um, till I was, you know, 70. And now this is my favorite age. I'm 28 years old. Oh my God, man. I'm, I'm freaking resolute right now. I love who I am right now because I don't really hold that much hate in my heart. Um, I've forgiven my dad for what he did because there's no point for me to hold on to that. And I recognize him for being a role model, a massive one in my life because you have to have a little bit of sympathy, right? for people that do you wrong, because it's not normally about you. It's about them. Most of the time it's about them. And so his dad was even worse to him than he was to me. And then his dad's dad was probably even worse. And then his dad's dad, 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 dad. So you go all the way down this lineage, right. Of Lubin's um, just treating their kids like crap or not even being around. And so I'm like, how blessed am I to have the role model of what not to be right. So generations, hundreds of years of absent fathers get to end with me. And now I get to be the example of moving forward for generations in the future, because I'll tell you right now, man, um, with the way I'm setting my life up and the way that I'm setting uh, my relationships up and the men that I'm around today, uh, they're all strong fathers. They're all strong with their finances. They're all great human beings. So my generations after I'm long dead and gone are, are going to financially be taken care of probably about two generations, three generations after I'm gone. So they'll, they'll have the finances ready uh, for them to support them. And they'll have the love to support them because come out or high water, like I'm going to be the best dad I can be. So that's my one. That's why I do all of this because when I have my children, I want to be there for everything. I want to be like, annoyingly there for everything. <laughs> so that's, that's my, that's why I did it. Like I didn't do it to go be sexy and travel around the world, to have a freaking Ferrari or anything. I did it because I was like one day, like I'm going to have, you know, a basketball practice or a dance recital that I can't be at because of work. I don't want that. Like I want to be there, be present. You get and to change so, your tree. That's why I do it. I love it. Kind of brings me to the next question that I ask, and that is, 
what would you tell the 10 year old version of Brian if you had the opportunity to talk to him? It's okay to fail a hundred times because you only need to be right once. So just wing it, just go do it. Try fail. Good God. Everyone's so afraid of failure that they don't do shit. Sorry. I don't know if I can cuss. They don't do crap. They don't do anything. Because they're so afraid of failure, or more importantly, like let's define failure. You're more, you're just afraid of what other people are going to say. But the reality of the situation is nobody's thinking about you. They're thinking about them. And like if you do something, you, if I stood up on a freaking table in the middle of a mall and started screaming at the top of my lungs, everyone would be like, "Who's that crazy guy?" And then they'd forget about it five minutes later, right? So it's just like we make everything about us because it's our own ego. So try things, fail. Like I've failed at so many things in my life. It only took one podcast for me to figure it out. And that was after trying probably like 30 different things, trying this business, that business, this, this investment, that investment, and a, a freaking podcast is my thing. And now here we are. It's my one thing. And it's built a really freaking cool life for me, a financial abundance, freedom, um, literally I, like I said at the beginning of this episode, you gave me $100 million, there's not a different life that I would live at all. So try, fail. It's okay, 10-year-old Brian. Like, go fail. You'll be perfectly fine. Awesome. I think that's great advice, man. What is your best advice for the men that are listening today? Best advice that I have for the men listening today. I'll, I'll, I'll finish this with that, with that quote, right? If you aren't failing, you are not living. So people have this fear of failure, like I said, but the reality is you should be more afraid of your comfort zone because your comfort zone is what's going to be the biggest jail cell that you're ever in for your entire life. That's the handcuffs that you're putting on yourself because things are good enough. And when things are good enough, nothing gets changed. So the biggest thing that you got to do is figure out what the heck you want in life and go freaking pursue it, right? You have to, you have to always stretch. You have to push. You have to be 1% better. You have to fail. You have to get up. You have to try again. That's the entire game of life. There is no end destination. There is no mountain. If you're a millionaire, I'm already there. Like it's a, it's a you think it's the mountaintop. There is no mountain. Uh, then I look at the 10 millionaires and the hundred millionaires. Like it's just always going to be another mountain to climb. So in closing, learn to enjoy the climb, learn to keep trying, failing, do hard things on purpose. Like do not live a life that is soft and just stagnant where you're just sitting there and you're not doing anything because that's not a freaking life. We have, we're literally on a spinning rock going millions of miles an hour through an infinite galaxy. And we've got at best, if we're lucky, like 70 years on this thing, like that's the go, whether you're religious or not, and you think there's anything after. We'll just, for the sake of the experiment, say that we got 70 years, if we're lucky. That's it. And you're telling me that you want to spend that 70 years doing what you're already doing and being pissed off and miserable 24-7? All right. If you want to do that, go for it. You just don't, you don't have room to be friends with me, my friend. <laughs> so I'm here to squeeze every drop of life that I can. And the guy that I looked to for that was freaking Steve Irwin. I'm like, how passionate this dude is about freaking zoos. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be that for podcasting. So here I, here I am at like eight o'clock at night or seven o'clock 
after talking for like six hours today. And uh, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing else I'd rather do. That's amazing, Brian. Hey, so how do we get our guys to connect with you? What's the best way to make that happen? Uh, Action Academy podcast, but that, that's going to be about business. Uh, if you're interested in the business, the financial stuff, we talk really, really, really high level. So it's mostly going to be guys that are multimillionaires that are coming on the show. Um, so they teach on business, entrepreneurship, all that good stuff. So that's the podcast, Action Academy. Uh, you can hit me on Instagram if you want to see other stuff besides just the business, just Brian Lubin, just my name. Um, I post on there all the time because I own a media company now, and that's part of it. <laughs> so I have to produce content. <laughs> so you can see me traveling around. You can see me posting motivational stuff. You know, if you're still listening to me at this point, then, you know, you'd probably dig it because otherwise you would have already stopped listening. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll make sure to put your links in the show notes too, man, so the guys can click through and, and connect with you. So, appreciate hey, it. I really appreciated this conversation, man. I got a lot out of it. I think we uh, we ought to have another conversation. I want to pick your brain a little bit at some point in the near future, man. Sounds good, brother. Let me know when. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you, buddy. Brian, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. I really have enjoyed uh, interacting with you on social media and just seeing the crazy life you live. And uh, I want to make sure our guests follow you there as well. So the links are in the show notes. Um, appreciate again, your insight, you know, guys, I believe that we're meant to be more than just survivors. I think we're meant to thrive and we're meant to do amazing and great things. I don't know what your great thing is, but I have a good idea that you probably do. You probably know what your great thing is and you're not going to get it just sitting on your haunches. You got to get up and you got to do the work. So let's do it. Let's do something awesome. Let's make something awesome happen in our lives. Well, guys, uh, if you want to join the discussion, if you want to talk about this and unpack it, talk about ways to make some income or ways to make your life better, uh, ask a question in the Manlyhood Man Cave, which is our private Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. Or you can shoot me uh you know, your questions and I can put it in the group as well and just say, Hey, we had some guys who didn't want their name on this, but this is what they thought. What do you guys think? And then I'll get back to you. We'll see what we can do. So get in touch with me if you want to do that, or you can just post it again in the private Facebook group at the manlyhood man cave guys. I love you. I care about you and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 